Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360, welcoming you to another Loyalty360 Thought Leadership and Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to the leaders in customer, channel, and brand loyalty about technology and best practices and trends that are impacting a brand's ability to drive unique experiences, engagement, and most importantly, brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Rupa Rashapadi, who's the Vice President of Marketing Services for Iris Worldwide. How are you, Rupa? I'm good, thank you. How Great. are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, first question, can you tell us a little bit about your company and what you do for the organization? Sure, uh, thanks for having me first. Absolutely. So Iris is a multidisciplinary agency network. Uh, we are a team of about 1,000 people collaborating across 17 offices around the globe six offices based in North America, and we create participation brands that mobilize your markets to do the marketing for you. We work across multiple industries, retail, autos, QSR, CPG, travel and leisure, et cetera. Excellent. And how are your services unique to the market uh, or maybe a little bit different from those of your competitors? I think I would say more than the services being unique, it's how we go about it and how we approach it. So the way I would put it is we were never held back by bias for any one way of looking at client problems. And as we have developed over the last 20 years, we have extended into the most amazing range and depth of skills. Uh, we are a polymath business that can do things more, more and more quickly. I think that's putting the right team together with different skills and pivot it and be adaptable and agile is really how we approach things. Excellent. Can you tell us a little about your role within the organization? Sure. So my official title, I'm a vice president of the strategic marketing services, and I am focused on our data-driven futures practice area within Iris. So data-driven futures is kind of a part of an Iris offering that delivers customer marketing, CRM, and loyalty programs, and leverages our data science and martech capabilities. Excellent. Um, a lot of opportunity right now around customer loyalty, customer experience. What are you seeing today as the biggest challenge and or opportunity uh, regarding customer loyalty, customer experience? What are you seeing right now? Sure. So I think there has been a gradual shift. So it's not like today, but if you look at it pre-COVID for the past few, for the past two years, let's just say, if you think about it from a customer perspective, there has been a decline in the traditional loyalty as customers really have many options. Uh, there's a greater transparency and greater choice and easier comparison for customers. Peer influence is playing a big part. Uh, like ratings and reviews, social are dialed up. We are used to using social media mostly to drive short-term performance, but we are starting to see in during COVID also to see that it's going to be a bigger part of the long-term brand building. The most important thing for me uh, is the movement towards human-led experience with links to authenticity and purpose. And, you know, focus on creating experiences customers can actively engage with from brands they choose. At Iris, we call it active participation. And what does active participation mean? It really is experiences and interactions that feel natural. People feel that they're a part of something, not party to something, where people are recognized, valued, and inspired to engage and where every interaction creates a reaction, and which is a very important part, especially as a data-driven marketing. When we really focus on loyalty program design, we have an IP, we call it periodic table of benefits, which guides our design of loyalty programs, specifically the benefit structure, 
And, you know, we all know the best in class programs deliver really well balance against recognition and rewards, emotional and rational part of it. But what really starts playing into what we have seen the trends shifting is the types of benefits. Everyone is used to instant rewards to drive memberships, uh, points, whatever the currency is to kind of get incremental behavior. But a big part of the loyalty program equation that has kind of evolved over the last years has been to ensure that there is a focus on participation that drives brand interactional and emotional connection. Uh, examples of this could be community building, social sharing, co-creation. We kind of feel lots of brands are doing that, but it is done as an ad hoc. It needs to be a part of the bigger strategy. Let's flip the perspective and think of a, from a company on an organization perspective and increase in role of technology in supporting digital experiences. Uh, Technology-led human relationships is a big part. Increase personalization through greater omni-channel data, advanced analytics, machine learning, and an increase in orchestration platforms, coordinating journey touch points. There is a lot of stats out there, a couple of them for you. Accenture just published something where it states, and no surprise here, 75% of consumers are more likely to buy from a brand if they are recognized and offered relevant recommendations. The relevance is the biggest, most important part. Salesforce just published 76% of customers expect companies to understand their needs and expectations. All of this is kind of telling you personalization is the key and the way to that is role of technology is playing a bigger and bigger role in that. Excellent. A quick follow-up question to that. Personalization, a segmentation cadence management. It was the, the number one topic we surveyed our brands at the end of, uh, of 2019. But a lot of marketers struggle with that. Make it simple, uh, use the right data sets, There's a lot of complexity, and, and, and some technology providers want more and more complexity because the more complexity you have, the harder it is to measure. Um, you, know, you talked about uh, first party, zero party data. What can brands do to really simplify their approach to personalization? It's going to be needed much more post-COVID than ever before. It, what, do, what do you do or how do you help brands create that simplicity to enhance personalization? Because the brands that know their customers are going to be much more impactful going forward. Exactly. So there's two things. First, I think we the first reaction when we stop personalization is people think technology is going to be the solution. The technology is not the solution. Technology is a key enabler to deliver personalization or identify different data points during the customer journey. So the way we look at it, I would suggest is personalization needs to be kind of your baseline part of your foundation. It's not a separate initiative. You need to be relevant, timely, and consistent in your messaging to your customers. Take every point of interaction and data can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Don't get caught in the data so much that you don't do anything about it, but use the data and learn from the data. Every time you use the data, what I say is doing is learning, and that's the best thing on personalization. Right. Do it, you learn, and then you adapt to it. Excellent. And how do you believe this crisis and the uncertainty will impact customer experience and customer loyalty going forward? So it's kind of interesting, been thinking about that and uh, kind of feel over the last two years, there have been certain trends. And I don't think the trends are changing as much. It's more that COVID has been 
become a big change accelerator. So things that could have taken another five years with a blink of an eye, those things have shifted and COVID has been the reason behind it. If you think about it, there are some key attributes of customer experience, which still stay the same. For example, let's just take convenience. Convenience is still very important, but the definition of what it means has changed. So convenience used to be, say for a brick and mortar customer, easy in and out of store. Now it's more about contactless, digital experience. So the key attributes have stayed the same. How you pivot from them is really changed. Consumers are really adopting and intensifying behaviors, especially digital ones. Customers have re-evaluated their attitudes, values, and beliefs overnight, going back to some more fundamental parts of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Customers have discovered and purchased from brands outside of their normal shopping habits. And, you know, McKenzie just did a survey and consumers largely intend to stick to the new brands, what they started shopping during the COVID. So that's something that brands need to take a note of as they're moving forward, that you have gained some new customers for some, how do you keep them and keep them engaged once we get out of COVID? And also the brands that actually have lost customers during this time or have paused their behavior, uh, shopping with these brands, need to really think through how they're gonna recapture these customers. It's literally a re-engagement strategy that's going to have to go into play. From a company or organization, overnight the companies have, have had to pause, accentuate, replace parts of their touch point ecosystem while looking forward to the future, which is already here. Companies have needed to focus on getting online experience right, scalable, and those that actually got it, got it right are looking to sustain it, not easy. And if you just look at the digital ecosystem, organizations really need to look at remodeling their frontline response. Maybe you don't have that many retail workers on the frontline, but from customer service strategy, you could have them call fulfillment centers and helplines. So companies really need to make sure that they put care back into customer care, being sensitive to anxieties, concerns, and needs of people is gonna be critical. And the distinction between kind of customer communication and customer service doesn't exist anymore. Consumers don't distinguish by channel or know about in internal functions, they expect consistency. And during COVID, the whole isolation and the uncertainty is going to drive these things to the forefront. Absolutely. What are you hearing from your clients right now? What are they asking you for? You know, we have a, a large and growing brand membership. There's a lot of uncertainty, right? Marketing budgets are slashed. They want uh, to look at opportunities to create engagement. How do they do that in a measurable and meaningful way? Some things we're seeing what are you seeing right now? Or what are you hearing from your clients during this time? Sure. So I think we are kind of still in the COVID period. That's how I look at it. People have started to reemerge from it. So the first thing is it's hard to deal with the dual problem for collapse of collapsed business performance and people's unemployment uncertainty. Companies had to really quickly stabilize the organization and be very sensitive to individual employees while they're coming up with a path of what's the best way to deal with this uncertainty. Uh, there is a level of discomfort with that uncertainty. The response to this is that everyone is learning and the ability for companies to move fast as they learn the new normal and not being afraid to, to fail fast, develop confidence that the customer will forgive a company that demonstratively and consistently cares. People actually do appreciate the trying. As long as learning follows, that's kind of is the key. 
This is where an agile approach with test and learn at the center is critical. Data will be the most important learning tool for companies as they navigate the new normal. And that I think is going to be kind of almost your North Star, looking at the data every time you're making a shift. Right, absolutely. Uh, how is Iris uh, adjusting in order to keep up with some of this change and uncertainty? How are you as an organization roadmap or product offering or even just more empathy in your offering? How are you adjusting to uh, this change and uncertainty? Sure. Um, so we are deploying more dispersed teams and leveraging the power and breadth of our global network. This was already kind of in motion. But the crisis, just like in some other cases, has accelerated the process and in some ways actually made it easier for us. With everyone working remotely, it's been a great leveler and made it easier to put the right teams on the right project. We almost feel we have a wider, broader skill set that we can tap into. For example, in my data-driven area, it's now the norm for us in the last two months to have a blended team from our US and European offices working on some of our largest clients bringing in new ways of thinking and some learnings and experience from each other really benefits our clients. And to enable this, we have continued to invest and innovate in our collaboration tools. The latest actually is an online whiteboard that is enabling us to interact and run productive client workshops. We are also supporting our clients with, uh, we immediately kind of got into action and created what we called COVID first and now COVID comeback sprints to very quickly, normally within a couple of weeks, diagnose help clients diagnose their challenges and help them build plans to address those challenges and win back customers and prepare the business for the new normal. And this has been a huge kind of quick learning. You can put up teams together and, you know, I have worked on a bunch of these with different, it's almost become just the time when you pick these workshops is something you need to think of, but with the virtual tools, everybody from everywhere can participate. Absolutely. Um, could you tell us a little about some of these new technologies, uh, the online whiteboard? Did you guys develop that yourself or you know, how, how are you leveraging some of these new, new, new technologies? No, um, actually, it's kind of funny. They say, right, in times of crisis, you learn new things and you find things that you never looked for. And this is one of them. We quickly identified we used to do a lot of workshops for clients in general. Those were in person. And actually, they took a while to or kind of get set because you have to get everyone's schedules and you have to get make sure everyone could be in the same room at the same time. We quickly realized we needed to come up with something. So there is this uh, online collaborating tool outside, out there called Miro. We just use that and it has been phenomenal. We started with a few people and now most a large population of our company can use it. So when I think about technologies uh, at any time and not any different in the disruptive times, we typically think of cat categorizing our technology usage in three areas. One is partners. These are like the marketing clouds that we are invested in and working with every day to create value for our clients. Uh, SaaS, Braze, Salesforce, Adobe, just to name a few. The second category is point solutions. Not every client needs a marketing cloud and indeed sometimes we have to navigate the legacy systems and help select and deploy point solution to deliver excellence in a specific channel. And at that time, instead of going for a whole marketing cloud system, we have leveraged ESPs like, for example, QuickPivot, which fall into this category. And finally, we have bespoke solutions using our own tools that we deploy to prove concepts, pilot initiatives, or solve some 
quick problems for the clients. And so to start, so we think about it as a client's entire ecosystem and we work with what they have in the ecosystem and then identify the gaps based on customer experience and loyalty initiatives and then fill those gaps with one of these three categories of technologies. And of course, I can't forget, this is always supported by our data stack, which primarily uses R, Altrix, and Tableau. That's awesome. Great. And, and the last question we have today is, what do you think is next for customer loyalty, customer experience? Hmm. So to start with more uncertainty and change. And, in, you know, and with that, I mean, there was a lot of wisdom of customer behavior that we were leveraging. And in some ways, we have to still not forget about it, but not rely so much on it. There is an increasing trend towards active participation. It has been, it's going to be even more. People really need to feel they're a part of the brand. They trust the brand. That's where you're going to build relationships, and that's how you're going to kind of sustain those. Consistency, authenticity, and complete alignment between brand and experience, all while changing the proposition and experience. It is kind of taking, almost taking, accepting change as a part of your day-to-day -day and your new normal. And last but not least is communication. The way I would put it is care, inform rather than sell. Obviously, it's going to be important as we come out of this because there's a lot of sensitivities and anxieties that you need to be aware of and respect and recognize among your customers. Right. Well, that's awesome. Um, any of the last words of insight for kind of a brand marketer going through COVID-19 or how they should be looking uh, post-COVID? Any little nugget that you think uh, will be impactful? I think there are some kind of a uh, couple of things that I would feel that we have seen coming out of this that for the second time in a generation, people have had to revisit their concept of economic insecurity affordability will be an important theme returning in both brand and experience. Right. COVID is making people revisit lifestyles, consumptions, and savings. In the last few years, if you have seen millennials increasingly spending money on experiences, coinciding with the development of the sharing economy, much of this dramatically stopped overnight. And with the concerns of financial security, we are going to see people adopting a more frugal and stripped down lifestyle Alternatively, even as consumer, as commerce and fulfillment becomes digital and threatened to become less human, companies need to find and will need to find ways to humanize these experiences. People's newfound comfort with video calling could be an opportunity to change the call center experience to far more something personal and face-to-face. -face. And some overall meta trends to think about is smaller, more frequent online transactions are happening bigger, less frequent offline transactions. This will have an impact on loyalty programs and currencies. You actually saw the travel industry airlines quickly pivot and just change the expirations on their currencies. I think these are the kinds of things that brands and marketers need to consistently think about. Older consumers buying significantly more online than before. That's something to take note of. And overall, I think wellness and increased price sensitivity, those kinds of are, and my kind of parting thought is change is going to continue. And instead of getting overwhelmed by it, you just need to embrace it and make small movements, learn from them and continuously kind of improve and evolve from them. That's awesome. 
Well, thank you very much, Rupa, for taking the time to talk to us today. It was uh, very unique, insightful to get to know you a little bit and also continue to hear what Iris is doing. You guys continue to set the pace and I think uh, look at empathy and some of the trends that you guys are looking at and the, the ability to be fluid and pivot, I think is, is, is very important, not only for your organization, but for the, the, the you know, the, the amazing clients you support. So I appreciate the time for you, uh, from you today talking to us and I look forward to talking to you guys again coming up soon. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate you giving us the time. Absolutely. Soon.